about ready to celebrate the birth of Christ and something we ought to really celebrate all the time, the fact that Jesus Christ came to earth, paid for the sins of man. But I do, I do like it that we take the time to, I guess, focus some extra attention on it. And so uh, this morning, I want to look at the uh, shepherds. We're going to look at the Christmas shepherds, and we're going to look at some comparisons, some things we see with them in the Christmas story, and then kind of compare it to us as soul winners. And I believe there's some uh, really important things that we can learn from this story that will hopefully be a motivation to you to keep on spreading the gospel to as many people as you can. But I want you to notice in verse 8, it says, And there was in the same country shepherds, shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. This is a sign for the shepherds. Ye shall find the babe. How are you going to know it's the right one? You're going to find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. That's not something you see every day. A baby that's so poor that's born in such a way that he has to be just wrapped up in, in strips of cloth and clothing and laid in a manger, something that the animals would eat out of. But that was going to be what they were going to see, and that's exactly what they saw. And what's neat about the Christmas shepherds, and something I want you to keep in the back of your mind, is when it comes to the Christmas story, they are always included in it. I mean, every nativity scene that you ever see, it includes shepherds, doesn't it? I mean, every play that you've ever done, you've got the shepherds. Obviously, Jesus is the main character, and then Mary and Joseph, you know, but then you also have the angels, you have the wise men, and you have the shepherds. And there's always that innkeeper, too, the grumpy innkeeper that won't give them a room, right? And I preached a sermon about that a few Christmases back. But um, the shepherds are a major part, even though, you know, they had nothing to do with Christ coming to this earth. They weren't the parents. I mean, everything that we see of significance that happens in the Christmas story, it could have happened without the shepherds. But yet at the same time, they're included in the story. And we always remember them when it comes to when it comes to the Christmas story. And so keep these things in the back of your mind as we look at some of these things. So the first thing I want you to notice about the Christmas shepherds is how something great and fantastic had been made known to them. In a miraculous way, it says in verse 15, And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem, and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. After God after the angels revealed something to them, they said, You know what? We've, something's been revealed to us. Something has been made known unto us. Let's go see it. Let's go take a look, and let's go see this child and so one of the things that we see about angels and one thing we know about angels is they are they are messengers angels are often uh messengers in the bibles and in the bible and the angels received a message or the shepherds received a message from the angels about jesus and they believed it didn't they they believed that message that they heard about jesus that was miraculously revealed to them they heard it and they believed it. And we see because they believed it, they went to go see it. Let's go see this, uh, this baby that's been born. Let's go see what the Lord has been made known on, unto us. And you know, when it, the, the reason we go spread the gospel is because something amazing has been revealed to us. And that is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Something amazing has been revealed to us. 
And that is the fact that we're sinners, but even though we're sinners, our sins can be cleansed because Jesus Christ did come to earth. He was born of a virgin. He did live a perfect and sinless life. He had no sins of his own to atone for. Therefore, through his death, he was able to atone for your sins and for my sins. That is a message that has been revealed to us. And you know what? We believed it. Now, did we have anything to do with that? Did, did we, you and I, have anything to do with the fantastic work that Jesus did for our salvation? No, we did absolutely nothing. We contributed nothing to what Jesus did. But thank God, somebody told us about it. And thank God that we were told and we believed it and we were able to receive that, that message of salvation, that gift of salvation. Thank God for that. And so what do we do? We just spread the word. That's all we really do. Now, do we save anybody? Okay. Now, obviously, you know, the apostle Paul talked about you know, saving people. But in reality, Jesus saves, doesn't he? We're just messengers. We're just ministers by whom we believe. We are just somebody that spreads that message about somebody who already did everything. And that was Jesus Christ. And so these shepherds, they remind me of us as soul winners because of the fact that they didn't really do anything except hear a message and believe it. That's really all that they did. You know, we don't know anything about their personal lives. We don't know if they were good shepherds or bad shepherds, if they did a good job or a bad job. We don't really know anything about that because in reality, too, when it comes to the sinner, it doesn't matter if you were a bad sinner or a really bad sinner. We're all sinners. We're all condemned. We're all guilty. And all we really did was just heard a message and received it. So, um, you know, nothing to really brag on. But let's keep let's look at a few more things about these shepherds. So notice how this great message, it came with the sign, and the message itself was a great miracle. We see in verse uh, 9, um, or in, let's look at verse 12. And this shall be a sign unto you, ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. Because you know, it wouldn't have been any great thing if after they had saw this miraculous event, if they would have just went and seen a newborn baby. Babies are born all the time. But this was something unique, something you're not going to see every day. And so it's a sign that, hey, this is the right one. This is a special baby that was born. This is a savior that has been born. So this message, it came with a sign and the message itself was a great miracle. You know, it's not every day you see a multitude of heavenly hosts. It's not every day that you get a message from an angel, but that's exactly what happened on that day. And you might think in your mind, Okay, well, we're not like the shepherds because we've not witnessed any miracles, have we? I mean, I've not, I've not seen any angels that I know of unless I've entertained them unawares. I don't know of anything like that. I've, I've not seen anything real spectacular. I mean, I've seen some stuff that I think God was in on it and God did some things. But, you know, anything that's going to make, uh, you know, Ripley's Believe It or Not or uh, with that, that supernatural, that Sid Roth weird guy. I, you know, I haven't seen anything that's going to get me on his program. Okay, anybody know who I'm talking about? All right, don't trust that guy. All right, he's bad news. Okay, but um, you might think you've not seen miracles, but the truth is, we have the record of the miracles in the Word of God, and it's all we need. Okay, look what it says in John chapter 20 and verse 30. This is a very important verse here says, and many other signs truly did Jesus in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written, that ye might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, 
and that believing ye might have life through his name. So understand, you and I, we have not witnessed the miracles of Jesus ourselves, but we have the record of those miracles from the actual eyewitnesses, the disciples themselves. And it's true, that, and that's why God gave us this book. And you know what else we find out in this book? We're actually more blessed if we believe these things when we haven't seen them. And some of you, you know, you're like Thomas, and you think, well, I'd rather see the miracle. And I'm not going to lie. I'd rather see the miracle too. But the greater blessing comes from those who do not see the miracle, but those who believe the message. And folks, that's who we are, okay? We weren't like those shepherds. We didn't see the angels. We didn't, you know, hear the message with our ears. But folks, if we believe it, then you know what? We're just like them. We have the record of it. And in reality, the record of the scriptures is better than an eyewitness account. Because how many of you have seen things before that you found out later didn't really happen? You say, what are you talking about? Well, for example, uh, there's been many things that you know husbands and wives both experience, but they've got two different tales, don't they? They've got two different stories. And you don't always know which one's true. A lot of times we, we, you know, we forget things and you know, we, we remember them wrong. But the truth is, the Word of God, it's always accurate. It's always right. And we can count on that. And so it's really not a great thing for the shepherds to believe when you consider what they saw. But we will be more blessed if we will believe without seeing these things. And Jesus made that very clear to Thomas. And so, you know, it's pretty sad if God has to keep doing miracles for us to obey him. So, well, I didn't see Jesus rise from the dead. Yeah, but we have the record of it. So you know what? You should be telling everybody about it just like the disciples did. Well, I wasn't there. I didn't get to see Jesus lying in a manger wrapped in swaddling clothes. No, but you have the record of it. So you know what? You ought to be a messenger of that story just as if you saw it and if you were there. Because we do. We have that more sure word of prophecy. We have something better. And God shouldn't have to keep doing miracles for you. Oh, I don't know if God really hates sin like the Bible says. You know, I haven't seen him rain fire and brimstone down on any cities lately. It's like, but he did it Sodom and Gomorrah. Oh, you know, I, I don't know that God still has power in this New Testament age. You know, maybe in the book of Acts, but not today, you know, because I haven't seen anybody when they lied in church die like Ananias and Sapphira did. Does God just have to kill people every time? I mean, shouldn't that message of Ananias and Sapphira dying after lying to the Holy Ghost send a message to all of us that we shouldn't lie to the Holy Ghost? And is the only thing, is it, is the only thing that's going to stop you from lying to the Holy Ghost is watching people drop dead? Because that's a pretty sorry attitude. And you know what? Don't tempt God with that. Don't tempt God with that. You know, the fact that God did it in the Bible, that, convinced, that tells me everything I need to know. And we are more blessed if we will believe these things and accept these things even though we weren't there, because we have, we have the record of it. And so I believe, you know, you know, obviously the shepherds got a great reward in getting to see this thing, getting to see Jesus Christ, getting to see the angels. But you know what? I believe God will bless us more if we will believe these things just because the Bible records it. We'll receive a greater blessing than the shepherds. That's what I, I think the Bible's pretty clear about that. So don't, so, uh, notice also in this story how the message that was given to them, it was not just for them, but it was for the whole world. Look what it says in verse 10. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, 
For behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. I love this passage right here because you have people out there that teach, well, Jesus just came for the Jews, and when the Jews rejected him, he decided to go to the rest of the world and go to the Gentiles. Well, then why did the angel say, this Savior that is born, it's good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. What the, the shepherds saw, it was not just about the Jews. And you know what? It wasn't just about them. What they saw, Jesus Christ coming to this earth, the Son of God being born on earth, this was good news for the whole world. Now, folks, I'm going somewhere with this, all right? I want you to hang on with me because if you can get this in perspective, I think it's going to help motivate you a little bit, all right? So, and, and you know, keep, keep this in mind. What happened that day was good news for the whole world. Now, let me ask you, though, did the whole world know about it? Was the world aware? Was Bethlehem even aware of what was going on? No, they weren't. I mean, the Son of God has come to earth, has been born. He is going to pay for the sins of mankind, and he can't even get a room in the inn. Think about that. Think about how little the earth moved at this great event that has taken place. But let me tell you something. Those shepherds knew what was going on, didn't they? Those shepherds understood what was going on. And let, let me tell you, this message that we have, you know, the world doesn't always seem that excited about it, do they? You know, the world doesn't even always seem that anxious to hear. But you know what? We know the truth that Jesus came. And you know what? We also know the truth that he's coming back too, don't we? And we, and we know this. We, and what's been made known unto us, it's not just for us, it's for the whole world. It says in John 1, 6, there was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came for a witness to bear witness of that light that all men through him might believe. He was not that light, talking about John, but was sent to bear witness of that light, which was Jesus. That was the true light, which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. He came unto his own, and his own received him not, but as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. So understand, while God has come to earth, the world didn't know it, did they? Bethlehem, Israel, they don't know it. Everybody's going along their daily lives like nothing happened, but folks, a fantastic thing has just happened that's about to change everything. And this is a major event. This is major prophecy. And so while there was a great deal of heavenly fanfare going on, because we see a multitude of angels singing, only a few people saw it, the shepherds. I don't know how many shepherds that there were. It really, what took place, it made very little impact on the world that day, visually speaking. Okay, If they had had CNN and Fox News and stuff back then, nothing would have been covered about it. If anybody would have even posted about it on Facebook, the fact checkers would have got on there and said these guys were drunk and it probably you know, didn't really happen. That's what would have happened if it had been today. It would have, there would have been, it would have been no impact. It wouldn't have gone viral. And, and, it, and it didn't then. There was no major impact that day. Israel had no clue what would happen. Jesus couldn't get a room in the end. And the, what the world paid almost no attention to, the things that had taken place that day were about to change everything in a way like it had never had and never will until Jesus Christ comes back again. So God being born as a man, this was the biggest thing that's ever happened on earth. 
I mean, God has showed up. Look at the way people, you know, react to just the Pope showing up to cities today or kings. You know, if, if, if Prince Edward showed up literally anywhere in America, it'd be all over the news, everybody going nuts. And you know what? Nobody can even tell you what these, what he does. And yet people would go crazy over it. And he's just a prince and he doesn't even really do anything. He's just a literally a, he's like the English version of a Kardashian, pretty much. They're just a little more proper and sophisticated, you know, over there in England. And, and that's the only difference. But yeah, people go crazy over it. Here, the king of the universe, the creator, has just shown up as man and nothing. And now keep that in mind. This is an important thing that I think is going to help us, you know, put some things into perspective. So nothing changed in the world. Nothing changed in Bethlehem that night, as far as anyone knew. Okay, nothing happened. So the shepherds, though, notice how, how they did their part to spread the word on what had taken place. Look what it says in verse 15. And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning the child. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. Now, I can't know for sure what happened here, but I'm, I'm assuming a few things because it does appear that when Jesus finally did manifest himself when he was 30, that people were surprised by it. Now, you would think if it seems that Bethlehem didn't really pay much attention to what these shepherds had to say. Because if Bethlehem would have believed it, do you think they wouldn't have kept an eye on Jesus here? You know, whoa, this was the son of God that was born? Let's pay close attention to this guy. But yet they didn't pay attention. There was really very little impact at all. But you know what those shepherds did what they were supposed to do? They told everybody. And people wondered at it. People thought about it. I'm sure some people probably believed. Many people probably didn't believe. I don't know. The Bible doesn't really tell us what the response was other than people wondered at it. But as far as uh, any real impact, really any change in Bethlehem, we see no evidence of that at all. So, but, and, and so keep, keep that in mind. So Bethlehem's lack of interest, though, think about this. Bethlehem's lack of interest did not change for one second the importance of the greatness of this event. This was an unbelievable thing that has taken place, but yet Bethlehem doesn't care. But it doesn't matter. It's still a great event. It's the greatest thing that has ever happened. And so when it comes to some, something we need to understand, when it comes to the gospel message, we need to get a hold of the importance of, of what we are spreading. And we also need to get a hold of the fact that the importance of it, it is not measured by the acceptance of it or the enthusiasm of it. Whether it, whether it excites people or not, it is in fact good news. It is in fact a miracle. And understand that while these shepherds are going around and they're telling everybody about what happened and people are just kind of wondering, but it's not having much impact, 
It didn't change the fact that everything they're saying is true, and this is the biggest thing that has ever happened. Now, who do you want to be when in, in a situation like that? Do you want to be at least the people that are making a big deal about it or the people that are just going on their merry way and not caring? And understand, when it comes to us giving out the gospel, a lot of times we measure the success of what we do based on how many people are receiving it, how enthusiastic people are about it. But you know what? That doesn't change anything, folks. What we are doing is the most important thing we could be doing for these people. They don't realize, you know, when we, when we have doors slammed in our face, they don't realize that they are slamming the door on somebody who's bringing the most important message that there possibly is. They don't realize that we're, that somebody is doing the most loving thing that somebody could possibly do for a stranger, and that is bring them the gospel. They don't know that, but you know what? We know that. And so you know what we're going to do? We're going to keep on doing it because, you know, it doesn't matter. If, if I was back there in that day, I don't care what everybody thinks. I'm telling everybody about it because I know what's going on. And, you know, while our world doesn't like it, while our world sometimes in our neighborhood gets annoyed by us knocking on their doors, you know what? That doesn't phase me one bit because I understand how important what we're doing is. So, I don't know, you're just probably scaring people away from wanting to visit your church. Well, you know, we've, I'm sure we've scared a few people away from visiting our church. But, you know, at the same time, I would rather scare them away by doing the right thing, giving them a chance to hear the gospel, than just doing nothing doing absolutely nothing. And that's what most churches are doing today. They're doing absolutely nothing. They're turning their churches into a fun center where they're watering down the message. They're not even spreading the gospel. They're giving people what they like so they can get them into the building. And you know, I want to get people in the building, but I want to get them into heaven even more. And so understand what we do, it's going to be looked at is insignificant to the world. It's going to be it's it's not going to be looked at with any enthusiasm or anything like that. In fact, we will probably be looked at as crazy people sometime. And I just got a feeling, I don't know, the Bible doesn't tell us. I got a feeling some people thought those shepherds were pretty crazy. You know, it, there's a good chance, you know, they might have become a laughing stock in town. When you see how the Jews the way they received, uh, you know, just rejected the miracles of Jesus, I mean, the way they rejected the message of Jesus I imagine after a couple days, you know what, they're probably like, you know what, if what you said really happened, there'd be something big going on here. You know, we haven't seen it, and they probably made fun of these guys, but didn't change the fact what they had experienced was real, and we've got to understand that we can never let the world put a damper on our enthusiasm and what we're spreading, because even though they don't know it, what we are spreading is the greatest thing in the world. It is the gospel, and we've got to just, we've got to stay motivated keep doing it and and so many people today they they're basing the success on the acceptance but the fact is the gospel message it is it's the it's the greatest message and you know you can't make anyone accept it but you know what we also don't want to deny people the opportunity to accept it you know at least these shepherds they did their part and they were telling everybody about it it's not their fault people didn't believe that was their fault. And you know what? We can't, we can't make people believe. We can't make people get saved. But we, we can at least give them the opportunity. We should never deny them that opportunity. And so it would appear that very little was accomplished on that day when those who, with those who heard the message. But it may have been instrumental in those who got saved years later. We don't know. I mean, as far as we know, you know, Jesus got, I mean, he got a lot of people saved during his ministry. The disciples got a lot of people saved during their ministry. 
And who knows? Maybe Jesus, sometime when he was going through Bethlehem, or one of the disciples were going through Bethlehem, they brought that, that story came up. And people remembered what the shepherd said. And said, you know what? He's right at the age. That would be, we don't know. We don't, you know, the Bible doesn't tell us these things. And, you know, we need to understand anytime we're out there spreading the gospel, you know, it's doing something. It's doing something. And while we might not get anything accomplished that day, we might get something accomplished later on. You never, you never know. So we've just got to be faithful to do what we're supposed to do. We have no idea who is listening and who we are impacting when we tell the story of Jesus. It says in verse 18, and all they that heard it wondered at those things which are told them by the shepherds. So it doesn't say whether they accepted or rejected. A lot of them were probably just in a state of, I really don't know for sure. But maybe it caused them to think more about spiritual things, look at some things in the scriptures and in prophecy, and made them uh, you know, more ready to accept Jesus later on. I don't know. But we also see in verse 19, it says, but Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. You know, it, another thing that's interesting about Mary is, you know, you do have to wonder how much she understood about what was going on. I mean, it's, it's clear she knew she was giving birth to the Son of God. The angel revealed that to her. But as far as, you know, did she know about the, uh, you know, the fact that he was going to die on a cross someday? You know, I mean, just there had to be a lot of details that she wondered about, you know, that she just didn't really know for sure. It's an interesting thing to think about. But it, you, one thing we see in Luke chapter 2 is whenever she would hear things, she always believed them, whether it was from the shepherds, you know, whether it was from the angels, and she would ponder those things in her heart. We also see later on in the chapter, uh, when we were reading it earlier, you might have noticed it, when, you know, men like Zacharias and Anna were seeing him and they're saying all these things about Jesus. And it mentions in verse 51 it, um, or in uh, later when he was 12 years old and all these uh, you know, men are asking him these questions and Jesus is just amazing them at his knowledge and the things that he understood. And, uh, you know, they kind of get on Jesus for, you know, getting left behind. And he says, I you know, wish you not, I must be about my father's business. But then it says, and they understood not the saying which he spake unto them. And he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was subject unto them. But his mother kept all these sayings in her heart. Anytime anything miraculous, anything amazing would happen with Jesus, she would. She would just ponder these things. She would think about them. She was always thinking about and trying to learn from the scriptures and things that people were revealing. What was going to happen with her son? She was, she was interested in these things. And you know, whenever we're out spreading the gospel, whenever we're getting the good news out, we have no idea what we're doing in people's hearts and what what kind of seeds we're planting in people's hearts. We have no idea, you know, the people that reject us and they don't get saved then, you know, many of them might go into their house and actually ponder on these things for a little while. Maybe they go and they give that gospel tract a look and they read it. Maybe they go take that YouTube card and they watch one of those videos and they think about these things and they ponder these things and maybe get saved years later. We have no idea the impact that we're having. But here's the thing. When we don't do anything, we have no impact whatsoever. And those shepherds, it doesn't, it doesn't appear they did anything earth-shattering that day, but we do see that the things that they were saying, it did something in the heart of Mary. It was something that she pondered. It was something that she thought about. 
And that ought to motivate us to just keep getting out there and just spreading things the best that we can. We don't know what it's going to do in people's heart. Some people come around quick, but some people take a long time. But nothing's going to get accomplished if we just do nothing. So we just got to do something and not worry so much about, you know, just the whole community just throwing a parade for us, you know, because they're so excited about what we told. You know, that's not going to happen. I don't care how many people we get saved in this town. Rock Falls will probably never throw a parade for this church. But they should. You're being arrogant. Listen, we're spreading the gospel. Isn't that more important than saving people from COVID? Isn't that so much more important than all the things they throw parades for people for? You know, and, but they don't recognize that, but it's the truth. I mean, listen, Bethlehem should have had a parade that night. But they didn't. You know why? Because people didn't pay attention. But it doesn't change the fact that they should have. So if so, we, it, we've got to understand what we do as soul winners is never going to make us the most popular people in town. It's never going to make it's not it's not going to make this town excited. It's not going to do anything like that that the world wants. But it doesn't change the fact that it's the most important thing. It does. It doesn't change that fact at all. So at the end of the day. We should always rejoice in the fact that we've seen the truth and that we know what happened. When we go soul winning, we should always rejoice in the fact that, you know what? We know what we did today. We know what we've accomplished today. Because look what it says in Luke 2, verse 20. It says, And the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. Folks, Listen, every time we get done soul winning, we should be like these shepherds and we should be rejoicing. You know why? Because we've just been talking about salvation. We've just been talking about Jesus Christ and what he came to earth to do for us. We just had the privilege of going and spreading that message to other people. And the fact, even though we don't see Bethlehem getting all excited and, and a whole bunch of people believe in these guys, we, it didn't stop them from rejoicing because at the end of the day, they knew what God had done. They knew what they had seen. And at the end of the day, while we might get a bunch of doors slammed in our face when we go out soul winning, at the end of the day, we know what Jesus Christ did for us. We know what Jesus Christ just gave us the opportunity to do. And we, and we don't, what we don't know is that what we did still might accomplish something. What we did still might get somebody saved, even though we didn't see it today. We don't know what kind of seed that we planted. And so what we should always do in these situations is go on our way rejoicing and praising God for the things that we've seen, for the things that we've heard, for the things that have been made known unto us. And at the end of the day, while many people in our town, they don't know the gospel like they should, they don't know Jesus Christ, we do. We do. And anytime we're spreading the gospel, we're doing our job, we're doing what we're supposed to do, and we ought to rejoice in it. We ought to be thankful for it. Too many people today, you know, they go out and they go solely a few times and they, nobody gets saved and they just get discouraged and want to quit. Why? Did you lose the excitement about the fact you got saved? You're still saved, aren't you? So you should be rejoicing in that. You should be telling somebody about that. You know, when the, the shepherds saw this, when they experienced this thing, it wasn't enough for them to say, wow, that was really cool. They had to tell people about it. That's what we do when we're excited about something. We tell people about it. When good news happens, we tell people about it. Sometimes maybe you want a surprise, but you know, 
you, you know, you're about to explode. Have you ever had that surprise? You know, maybe you wanted to reveal you're going to have a baby or what it was going to be, and you you just hate sitting on that good news. You've got to tell somebody about it. That's how my wife always is. Whenever she has a baby, it's like she's got to tell somebody right away. You know, got to tell one of her friends or something. It's like, you told me. But, you know, they always got, they always got to tell somebody else, too. You know, and, you know, that's pretty normal, isn't it? It's amazing how many people have salvation but don't really have any interest in telling anybody about it. I don't know, that's, that's kind of weird. I, I like telling people about it, and not just because I'm excited for what it did for me, but because of what it could do for them. Yeah, but they're not excited about it. So what? So what? They should be. They should be excited about that. And so we've, we've got to keep these things in mind. Even if we others don't get saved, we can rejoice in the fact that we are saved. We've all had great moments in our lives that we like to relive, we like to think about, we like to talk about, we like telling those stories. And the truth is, it ought to bring us great pleasure to tell people about what Jesus did for us. That ought to be something that excites us. I'm sure these shepherds probably told this story for the rest of their life. I'll bet when Jesus started revealing himself and started doing things that some of these shepherds were still around, were probably like, yes, proof that I was right. You know, you, you, know, you got to wonder, too. I, I, like, I like to think about these things, if, you know, because we see a lot of examples of people uh, bringing others to Jesus. And, you know, you got to wonder if maybe one of these shepherds one time, you know, took their wife to Jesus and say, can you tell my wife that I did see angels and that all these things, you know, you were born in a manger. I don't know if that kind of thing happened. Maybe they weren't as caught, but I would have done that. You, you better believe I, I'd have done that. I'd have got it on video. I'd have posted it on YouTube. I would have played clips of all the people saying that it didn't happen and that I was a liar, and then I would prove that they were the fraud. That's exactly what I would do. And that's probably why, you know, I didn't get to be there for something like that because I'm too carnal. But we would have done that, wouldn't we? And so you know stuff like that happened back then. It had to, it had to have happened. But, uh, but, you know, one of the greatest events in history it was actually very low key, as far as the world knew. It, it wasn't a big, it wasn't a big night. But you know, it wasn't because of the shepherds. The shepherds did what they were supposed to do. They told people about it. You couldn't take their excitement away. And when it comes to the gospel, our world is not as excited about it as it should be. They're just not. But you know what? It doesn't change the fact that I'm excited. And it doesn't change the fact that I'm going to keep looking for people who want to hear the story. I want to find somebody that wants to, you know, wants to hear me talk about how Jesus came to this earth and died for their sins and how he'll save them. I'm going to keep on looking for people that want to hear that because it is. It's a, it's a great story. And if people will believe it and accept that gift of salvation, they will have exactly what I have. And it's the greatest thing in the world. And so don't let the world... Throw a damper on your excitement. You, if you were there in that day, you, 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 all of us would say, it wouldn't have stopped me from being excited. It wouldn't have stopped me from telling everybody about it. It wouldn't have stopped me from going to the manger and seeing what was going on. But you know what? You're letting the world's lack of enthusiasm about the gospel stop you from telling other people and stopping you from being excited about your salvation. So you know what? You'd have been like everybody else back then if that's the case. And I like to think that I would have been like them but you know what? I can prove that if I do something about it right now. If I'm out there telling people about Jesus right now. So some great lessons that we can see from the Christmas shepherds 
that, that will motivate us as soul winners. What we are doing, what we are spreading is the greatest thing. And who cares if the world agrees with us on that? We're just, we're going to live like it is because we know the truth. We know it. So with that, let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you so much for the gift of salvation. Lord, I pray you'll help us to uh, keep our excitement and enthusiasm about it. Lord, help us not let the world put a damper on our excitement, but help us uh, stay motivated and excited and tell people about what you came to earth to do for us 2,000 years ago. And I pray uh, we'll see many people saved as a result. In your name we pray. Amen.